0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike condition I'm joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best co-host in the business. And if you saw the Twitter love he was getting on uh, on Sunday night, you might think he's one of just the best in the business overall. Devin Jackson, Devin, my man. How are you?
1: Oh man, I'm, I'm actually Not doing that pretty for good. A
0: glowing intro.
1: yeah i appreciate that but yeah i'm I'm doing good man uh probably got the the best weekend of sleep i've had since before this draft process started oh my
0: god (laughs) okay can i just say that like i don't know why but every year on draft weekend from like wednesday until saturday i don't get like any sleep same man. Um... Like, well, well, I, I, I misspoke. Like, I sleep like a child on on Saturday. Like, I will just conk out at like ten o'clock. Wake up the next day at like nine thirty and be just so refreshed. But then I sleep so much on on a Saturday that I can't sleep on Sunday. But during the actual draft, I. I am weird. Like, I will stay up trying to find as much draft coverage because I'll watch live draft coverage. Then mm-hmm. I'll watch another network's coverage while I'm falling asleep until, like, 2.30 in the morning. I, I know. I'm weird. But uh, that's just – that that be how it is.
1: Well, for me, this one was a unique one because there was a lot of dudes that went undrafted I didn't expect. So, for me – Usually, like, after the draft, I'm just like, all right, I'm done. But I wanted to figure out where some of these guys landed in the UDFA realm. So I stay up a little bit later than I would have oh, liked Oh, no, I, 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 I don't
0: even know where most of the main ones landed. Uh, but, uh, but, I'm, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to lie.
1: Or Sunday night, yeah. I went to sleep <laughs> at, like, 11, 1130 and slept for, like, 10 hours. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get any, hardly any sleep this past week. So definitely needed. it.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you missed any of the blue chip scouting draft coverage, uh, night one, Devin was, um, well, you were putting in work. Uh, you definitely had some of the analysis on some of the shocking picks that we saw night two. I, I thought that myself, Devin, sorry, myself, Dante, uh, Nick and, uh, was it Harbs? It was Harbs. Had a great night. And then day three, I mean, the, the, the problem with day three is this draft as a whole, there were so many prospects. We had like 30% more players in this draft class as opposed to the, you know, each of the last two that there were so many players getting picked where I'm like, I didn't even know you were a person until they announced your name. I've never heard of you. And yeah. I felt I felt bad for, for for Browning and Dante and Harbs, where like there was a stretch in the fifth round where they hit like eleven straight picks of I don't even know who this is.
1: Yeah, it was it was tough because there were there were even smaller guys that we didn't even account for that ended up against like the There, there was were like guys
0: a, that like were just at the bottom of Dan Brugler's beast article, going like. Early to midday three, and I'm like, wh- Who are you people? How am I yeah. supposed to, How, like, I felt really bad because, like, I watched the most players but wasn't available. And, like, Dante and Browning, like, they weren't able to put up like 200, 300, 400 players when you're sitting at 150 picks by the time 150 players by the time you're midway through the fifth and into the sixth round, you're just like, god damn I want someone I've heard of to get to come off the board
1: yeah I mean it was it, it was just tough man because there there were you didn't know where teams are gonna go on day three. I think round four made a lot of sense a lot of guys that went round four it made sense why they went round four but after round four I felt like everything else was a <laughs> shoot.
0: Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do today, Devin and I are going to go back and forth. We're going to start off with three teams each that we really like their overall draft haul. Now, there may be some repeat. Devin and I have not discussed what teams we're going to talk about. And then because Devin and I are also, you know, we're realistic. Not every team nailed the draft. We're going to talk about three drafts each that we didn't really like. All right?
1: Yep, sounds good. Devin,
0: I'm going to let you go first. What's your first draft haul that you really liked?
1: I'll go Kansas City. Um, And I think Kansas City had a really, really great draft haul. Because with every pick that they made, you can see a path for them to become contributors. And I I pulled up their full entire uh, draft haul for those who kind of missed it. So they went Trip McDuffie, George Karloftis in the first round, uh Sky Moore and Brian Cook in the second round. Uh, third round, they went Leo Chenaw. At runner.
0: 103rd, they got a guy that some thought was gonna go early day two.
1: Yep. Joshua Williams, fourth round, one of my one of my favorite guys in this draft class. Uh Darren Kennard in the fifth, which is insane in his own right. Once again, they get another <laughs> SEC. <laughs> Caliber starting offensive lineman in the fifth or sixth round. So
0: and and the the, the thing is, is that he wasn't even the first Kentucky offensive lineman taken. He was the last one. He was
1: the no. He was last. Dari Rosenthal didn't get selected, but yeah.
0: So he was the last one taken.
1: Yeah, there were two
0: taken. He went after Luke Fortner, which just. How? I like Luke
1: Fortner, but I had Kennard higher on my much board. higher.
0: I, there was like a round, round and a half difference between the two of them. I had Kennard on day two and I had Fortner's steady day three. Anyways, then, sorry uh, to interrupt you. Yeah. I did not mean that just oh, no, you're mystifying. Good. But, I, uh, I know Jaylen, I know it became a a meme for the draft coverage.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh Jalen Watson. Uh, in the, the seventh, Isaiah Pacheco and uh, Nazee Johnson from Marshall. So each each pick there, to me, they got value in every single pick. McDuffie was borderline maybe top 15, top 20 pick, landed till 21. Karloftis, top 25 pick, landed till 30. Sky Moore, he went about where he should have gone, in my opinion, I think like right after the top 50. Ryan Cook, maybe a little bit earlier on him than, than I expected. I thought maybe late round three, but he's still a, a immediate contributor. all we just talked about him. Joshua Williams went about the the where we expected him. Kanaar later, and then the last three all uh, around with the spot that they need him. So every pick for me is one of value. They clearly went out and, and upgraded their defense. That's their uh, biggest weakness. I understand, you know, uh, You know, they put a lot of stock in the offensive line and adding Kennard to that uh, was was very helpful. But uh, the skill positions on the defensive side of the ball needed a lot of work and and they went out and addressed it. So I really like this draft. And I think at least three of these guys from the draft class are going to make serious impact for them next season. So so I mean, it's it was tremendous value for me. I didn't really see a major reach on their board one of the best drafts, I think, in, in this draft class.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love their, their draft because it comes down to this. When you get starters in the first – you get two first – you know, two future starters or current, immediate starters in the first round. You get an immediate contributor in Scott Moore in the second, an immediate defensive contributor and Brian Cook in the second round. Leo Chenal is going to fit in perfectly beside Nick Bolton, in my opinion. You get him in the third. Joshua Williams is going to be a future starter for them. You get him in the fourth. Darian Kennard is going to be a future starter for them. They could have drafted Kennard at, at like 62 or 103, and that would have been fine. They got him at 145. Got him in the fifth round. That shouldn't be possible. That's five rounds where you got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that I could very easily see starting by the end of the rookie contract. Um, that's insane. That's really good. They, they're easily one of the best draft uh, draft classes. Uh, In this year's uh, uh, draft, I'm going to go, I mean, Devin, there is no more obvious pick for the best draft in the entire league than the Baltimore Ravens. Like, I don't know how many pluses you need to put on after that A, but like one does not seem to be enough. The best player in the entire draft, that's right, I said it. Kyle Hamilton falls to them at 14 uh, because the Eagles wanted to go up and get Jordan Davis. If You know, Hamilton probably could have been the pick at 13, but the Eagles made the move to get Davis, and Baltimore went, fine, we'll just take a safety. That's fine. We'll take the best player in the class at 14 because we just do that. Tyler Linderbaum, listen, if if you're telling me that they got to trade a mediocre starting wide receiver for the 25th overall pick and get a top 10 player in the class – I would do that every single time, considering Arizona now has to pay said mediocre wide receiver, like $18 million a year to be a mediocre wide receiver. Great job. More on the Falcons later. Uh, Sorry, more on the Cardinals later. Um, David Ojabo gets to redshirt a year and then form the most terrifyingly athletic pass rush duo with Odafio in a year. And that should not be legal. Um, but then again, we have the NFL to blame for letting David Ojabo fall to 45. Travis Jones. You, Travis Jones could have gone in round one and no one would have batted an eye. They get him at 76. Okay, we didn't get uh, Jordan Davis. We'll get Travis Jones instead. Wasn't Travis Jones your defensive tackle too? Yeah, they got him at 76. Daniel Falele is the largest human being on the planet. The one thing he's missing is a mean streak. Do you know what the Ravens specialize in with their offensive line? Teaching their offensive linemen mean streaks. Is not going to be the most terrifying backup offensive tackle in the entire NFL. Jalen Armour Davis is great. I, I thought that that was going to be right around where he went. I think I had him in the fifth, but I figured he would go in the fourth. There's a lot of upside there. Didn't get a lot of playing time. It was definitely better than Josh job who, who had – Honestly, more hype around the draft than he did. I don't really like the Charlie Kohler pick, but that, I mean, fine. The dude had a surprisingly good athletic testing. Uh, I just saw three years of the exact same player on film. Uh, Jordan Stout, great. Get a punter. You needed a punter. Go ahead, get one. Isaiah Likely, you could have swapped him with Charlie Kohler, and I would have liked this. Granted, all three of those guys are in the span of 11 picks. Uh, Just unbelievable. Depth in, in the secondary. Tyler Beatty. But potential, like, starting running back. I thought, back at I thought for sure
1: he was going to – I thought he was going to be their fourth-round pick, honestly. And honestly, Dev, I wouldn't have been
0: mad, to Dev, be honest. Yeah, yeah. The, the Ravens are playing 3D chess while the rest of the league is playing fucking hopscotch, okay? Like, they're not even on the same plane of existence as the rest of the league when it comes to letting the board fall where it does. They never seem to reach on players. They never make egregious mistakes. If the only two – quote-unquote problems i can come out with is i don't i didn't like charlie coler's film and you know tyler linderbaum isn't an exact fit in terms of what they like to run and what he does they just draft good football players and have a plan ready for them that's what the ravens do ah
1: yeah i mean i love this draft for me, I, I love the tight end picks, like two of them, because they love to run oh, two yeah. two tight end sets anyway. So <laughs> I think this is perfect. You get another pass they're catcher. They're not three
0: and, deep at the position.
1: Well, also Isaiah Likely can play some slot too. Can yeah. to play that Evan Ingram role. So <laughs> I think. I mean, you, you, you. They didn't draft. I, I think the one thing you would like to see, and maybe take a swing on a receiver, but I mean, they put a lot of stock into that.
0: The I mean, last couple of years, so yeah. It makes sense. DeCosta said they wanted to take a wide receiver, but the board never fell right. Dude, <laughs> I don't think it matters. Look at this fucking hole you got. Look yeah, at they, this they shit. got
1: they got at least four or five future stars in in this in this draft hole
0: And then like solid like again, they definitely got a number two tight end out of this. They got some some depth in the secondary at the minimum. And then like Tyler Beatty. Y- 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 he can be a very good kick returner. He can be a very good receiving back. He can be a very good you know 1B in a rotation. They nailed this draft class. Who's your next one?
1: New York Jets, man. Look, I love the Jets Hall, And they they only pick through round four, which makes it even scarier. So yeah, they, they had a six have seven round after one seventeen. If they had a six, seven round pick, there's a good chance they would have ended up with someone else I like. But when you look at when they came into the the draft meeting, they they needed edge, they needed uh, a receiver, they needed a BB. They didn't nail that in the first round, three <laughs> for three. I mean, you get Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson in the first round. I mean, that's that's a huge win uh, for a team that's that's still looking to get to a, a competitive level. So you you nail the first round. You come back in the second round. You get Brees Hall. I mean, I know they took Michael Carter last year and, you know, he looked really good when he was healthy, but, but now you have a legit one, two punch. Exactly. Like field.
0: Carter, Carter's not a number, a lead back. He's, he's a one B or a two a.
1: And now you have Reese Hall to the mix. And then in round three, they go and get Jeremy Rucker. I know people have kind of varying opinions on him, but they did uh, sign CJ Uzama uh, in the off season. So you pairing him up with, uh, you know, Jeremy Ruckard, who is going to take some time to develop, but but he certainly fits into their long term plan. I mean, they're they're trying to get younger at every position. So it makes a lot of sense. Max Mitchell in the fourth, fourth round, your guy from from Louisiana, Lafayette. Um, that, I think that's a tremendous pick because he can be a swing tackle um, and say if Makai then or George, George Font gets hurt. You have a guy waiting in the wings that, that can develop and, and, you know, kind of move the needle on your offensive line. And then finally, Michael Clemens, Edge from Texas a and uh, I think he was, you know, someone that people didn't, a lot of people didn't get to, but but he's a really solid edge. He's not really a, you know, bendy or, or twitchy guy, but, but he's more of a uh, run setter, uh, uh, you know, sets the edge on the run. And, and can add to that rotation. So I, I think they've gotten uh, they've nailed every every single pick here, every player, I can see a path for them starting in the next two, three years. And, and you know, it depends on with Max Mitchell. We'll see what happens with Makai Beckton, but I, I can certainly see them all getting significant playing time with the two or three
0: years. Devin, I hate to sound like a homer with this next one, but I mean, how can we talk about some of the best draft holes in the NFL this year without bringing up the Philadelphia Eagles? Sure. I, I mean, you, if you had told me, great, you're going to come out, of, you know, come out with, um, uh, you know, Jordan Davis in the first round and you're going to end up with Nicobe Dean and you're going to get Cam Jurgens, I go, well, great. You know what? That's great asset management by Howie Roseman in those first, you know, three picks, uh, you know, through, you know, through middle of the second round, let's see what else he does with this draft. No, 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 no. (laughs) He also happened to, you know, get the best young wide receiver in the NFL for significantly, you know, um, you know, just, just a little tiny difference in picks from what Arizona did with pick 23. Um, Obvi- yes, I am including AJ Brown in this in this draft hall because how how could you not? In in a world in which um, you know Hollywood Brown goes for pick twenty three, the Eagles get AJ Brown for eighteen, but trade up from fifteen to thirteen, get Jordan Davis. Where Fletcher Cox is is entering a uh, a contract year, he's probably not going to be back with the team next year. Neither is. Um, Javon Hargrove, like when you're starting to defensive tackles are not going to be with the team next year. You let Jordan Davis just come in occasionally wreck house, just be a brick shithouse against the run game. And you just develop him. you know, behind the scenes. Great. Cam Jurgens was Jason Kelsey's favorite center in the draft and said to Howie Roseman, this is the guy I want you. that reminds me the most of me because Jason Kelsey has been working with scouting offensive linemen for, for that team. The Eagles have a rich tradition of, of things like that. That's how Brett Selleck ended up as a scout for the team. That's how Darren Sprouls ended up as a scout for the team. Jason Kelsey's next in line went, nope, this is going to be the guy that you know that can replace me. He might even one day be better than me. He said that on the Bleacher Report stream. Uh, and then to Kobe Dean, yeah, it came out during the draft that he was falling due to shoulder injuries. Great. You know what the Eagles can do? They can sit him for an entire year. And yeah, the linebacking core this year is going to be a bit of, uh, you know, a bit rough with Kaiser White and TJ Edwards, but they can tell Nicobe Dean, go get the surgeries you need, just get healthy. And if he ever becomes a starter, this is a plus pick. This is a plus pick because giving a guy a year off when he's small and injury prone to just heal and focus on getting healthy, that's crucial. Kyron Johnson is someone that I had pegged in the fifth round. I had him compared to, uh, excuse me, had him compared to Obanai uh, Okoronk- uh, 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 uh the, the the dude from um, Oklahoma who's playing for the Rams. His name escapes me.
1: Um, I
0: think it's Obanai Okaranku.
1: I I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: Uh jeez. Obanai well is the one I was thinking of. Um. I was right. <laughs> I doubted myself. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have doubted myself. But he's like, he was an edge rusher, who played hand in the dirt at Kansas at 6'1", 225. He's just going to be a stand-up edge he's ru- just going to be like a stand-up pass rush, do everything linebacker for them. He's better than Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley, who were overdrafted to fill that exact same role two years ago. That's Howie Roseman admitting defeat on those picks. And then Grant Calcaterra in, in the sixth round. He's the perfect fit for that type of tight end that the Eagles covet. Uh, They needed a a second tight end. I'm not entirely sure what the locker room dynamic between him and Jalen Hurts is going to be. Probably going to be some awkward moments there, given that uh, Calcaterra had to medically retire due to Jalen Hurts throwing him into way too many of those medicine balls. But uh, Jalen Hurts may not be on the roster in two years. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, yeah. You can't tell me that those draft picks plus AJ Brown is not an A plus.
1: Yeah, I mean they they certainly have one of the best drafts for sure. I mean I, I'm not going to argue that because I, you I think shouldn't
0: because get... you'd be wrong.
1: <laughs> well, well then I, I thought we were going to go full <laughs> homer on this uh, podcast.
0: Well, I'm I'm sorry if it were your Saints I'd say the exact same thing. I thought I was being nicer to the Ravens than I was to the Eagles picks.
1: I don't know, man. Yeah, that was a that was a, a heartfelt soliloquy about about the Eagles. Nah, I'm just playing. E- hang on, hang um, on, hang on.
0: Get me a button. Get me a button.
1: Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> but but no, they they had a really good draft haul. Um And you know, I I I really can't complain. I I think every every pick was a value. Obviously, you get AJ Brown. Look, they they could have stopped at the first round and had just AJ Brown and and no other pick in the draft, and I still think they would have had a top five draft class, in my opinion. So, who's
0: your next? Who's your next
1: best? For me, uh, I'm gonna go a little bit off the radar here. I'm gonna go with the Lions. I think the Lions. Yeah, no, I like
0: the Lions one.
1: I had I think they had a really underrated haul. And I know we expected them to go Aiden Hutchinson because Trayvon Walker was trending towards, um, you know, being the number one pick, and he was. But after that, you go up and get Jamison Williams at number 12 overall, um, right before the Eagles or Texans might might have taken him. I think that was a smart move. Uh, You get a a deep threat. Uh, Second round, uh, I, I thought they did reach a little bit on Josh Paschal but I understand he kind of fits exactly what, uh, you know, they're, they learn, they're looking for with Dan Quinn, uh, but, but he has a great story. And, and I love great stories when, when they're matched to a team. Didn't expect him to be a top 50 pick, but, but congratulations to him. He, he worked hard to, to get to this point. Uh, Kirby Joseph in the third round. I, I really like him. I think he's a, a bit of an underrated safety in this class. Um, and, and I think he can fit in nicely with that secondary uh, James Mitchell in in the fifth after not having a fourth round pick, at the to the trade their way to get Jamison Williams. Uh, but but in the fifth, get James Mitchell. He, he was hurt, but he was a really good tight end. Uh, I kind of forgot about him. He didn't end up in my rankings because I just forgot that he was in this class. Well, yeah, because uh, he,
0: he tore his ACL in the first half of the second game.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was rough, and uh, I think we talked about him over the summer because we both like this game. Um, but but he, I think. Probably in, in year two, year three, you might see a little bit more production from him because he's going to spend a lot of this time, uh, you know, kind of getting back on the field. Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, he was actually a, a top 100 player for Connor Rogers, and uh, he was someone that, that I liked fairly decently. I, I thought he was going to be a day three pick, uh, short arm linebacker, but, but really productive around six and seven. I mean, they, they got two guys that that can be contributors sooner than later. Uh, James Houston, the edge out of Jackson State, really liked this game. Uh, More of a power rusher, played linebacker, but switched to edge at at Jackson State uh, after playing linebacker at Florida. Uh, Had a a monster year. I think he had like 16 or 17 sacks this year, Uh, some ridiculous number like that. But he can be a uh, developmental guy coming off the edge. Obviously, you addressed edge uh, with Hutchinson, and and then obviously you got – uh, Pasco to play probably a three or five tech um, and then Chase Lucas uh, from Arizona State he's been in uh, should have been in the last two draft classes but dude
0: he was a prospect that I was watching for the 2019 draft.
1: yeah so he he's he's been around a while but but I think he could be a good special teams haul and, and a depth
0: way in, to in retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but I like their I like their whole haul overall. I think they're they're getting multiple guys that could be contributors from year one. Uh, assuming Jameson Williams, uh, you know, is back healthy and by training camp, I think he can can bring a boost to that offense. Give them their true deep threat. They haven't had in, in quite some time. Um, and plus, you you add them to receiver room with the Ross St. Brown and uh, Quintus Cephas and, and they signed D.J. Chark as well. So I think that was a really good upgrade
0: just like you Devin I'm going a little bit with the team you probably haven't heard a whole lot of high praise for but because a lot of t- uh, of people probably have them in that middle ground I really like this draft the LA Chargers starting off Zion Johnson at 17 say what you will maybe it was a little high but I mean they needed help on the offensive line yes they need more help at tackle than at guard but when you've seen three offensive tackles go as early as we did they weren't going to to go with um Trevor Penning at seventeen, fine. Zion Johnson, plug and play guard, uh, good scheme fit, scheme versatile too. Like the fit. Round three, J.T. Woods, a turnover machine, uh, led the the nation in picks this year. Um, just all around. I think this might spell the end of Nasir Adderley in in L.A. That's what I said on on, on the live stream. I just think that you know if you if you teach him how to tackle. You're, you've got a stud. At very least, you have what Malik Hooker was, um, you know, coming out of college. Uh, round four, Isaiah Spiller should not have still been available at pick 123. Uh, listen, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. He was my running back one. I didn't expect him to be the first one off the board, but I definitely didn't expect him to go after some some guys that we'll talk about later on, the other, uh, on, on some of the worst uh, drafts. Uh, he should not have been. I think he was the seventh running back off the board, which is just absurd. Uh, made no sense. Jamari Salyer uh, and Atito Agbania, great offensive line depth. Jaseer Taylor, uh, great corner depth. Obviously, just a very solid, solid, uh, just a very solid class for, the, for this team. I would probably give it an A minus. Uh, just, you know, they got all of their needs, they didn't reach on anyone. And they got great value on Jamari Salyer and uh, and Isaiah Spiller, who should have had no business still being available on day three, let alone as late into day three as they were.
1: Yeah, agreed. I mean, the the Chargers had a really nice haul in their draft, and yeah, there were some guys there. Uh, just overall, I mean, in in this draft, there there are a lot of guys that are available later than you would expect them to be. So, I, you know, I, it, it was crazy to see kind of the value, especially on day three, uh, how it how it kind of shifted uh, from, you know, just guys that you expect to be gone by day two. And and honestly, I mean, there were probably at least 100 guys that potentially I could have, uh, you know, went day two uh just just because of of the value you know there was a there's a lot of value that that could have been found and and there were some guys I think went day three we'll talk about that you know in in our picks for uh you know teams that had some some bad drafts I think we both have one team in common that that took I think we might have two
0: teams in common uh
1: took, took a couple guys that that should have gone day three way too early but but The Chargers did a really nice job of of seeing how the board fell, getting pieces that they need to to build a championship contender and continue to fill out that roster. Yeah.
0: Well, Devin, before we get to talk about those worst draft picks, I want to remind everyone that you can save 15% off your next order at jerseyhouse.ca by using the promo code BIGSHOTS. All one word, BIGSHOTS at jerseys.ca, the best jerseys that you can find at a reasonable price. No one likes paying 115 U.S. dollars or if you're like me and have to, to pay in Canadian dollars, no one wants to pay 160 170 bucks. I was looking at NBA jerseys at, uh, at the mall the other day and I was shocked to find out that they're like 160 bucks. I got uh, that beautiful Utah Jazz jersey right before they got eliminated, of course. Uh, and Donovan Mitchell probably not going to be on that roster. But I got that for a fraction of the price, uh, including shipping. They ship anywhere in the world, uh, 15% off. And the good folks at Jersey House put a little bit of money back in our pocket when you use that code. So don't forget, bigshots.ca, promo code, bigshots. And we're back. We're going to talk about three teams each whose draft left us um, – What's a good word to des- to describe that feeling, Devin. Befuddled, besmirched, confused. Yeah, I mean. Who's your first team?
1: So I'm going to save the worst one for last <laughs> because I think we both know who it is. But the first one I'm going to talk about is the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, oh, you don't
0: like the Raiders draft, eh?
1: No. So we we know they spent – or you know, uh, let me look this up before I say it incorrectly. But the Raiders signed or have several defensive linemen on the roster, right?
0: I think so. Hang on, uh, yeah, let me pull up their
1: their, their desk. So, I, like I said, I want to say to make sure I get this right before I I go full in on them. All right, so I'm I'm, I'm pulled up. All right, so they signed Chandler Jones. Obviously, um, they got Jonathan Hankins. Uh, Vernon Butler, Bilal, Nichols, et cetera. So they, they, have, they have some some def- defense alignment already in, in the building. All right. So for me, I didn't really understand the draft class. Okay. Because they went out and got Neil Farrell early in the fourth. I was like, okay, cool. You know, someone rotational. But then they, they, they double-dipped to get Matthew Butler in the fifth.
0: I, I would have just gotten and- Matthew Butler. Yeah,
1: that's why I I didn't understand the those two picks back to back. Zamir White, I I get it. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs hasn't been healthy, but they also got Keen and Drake on the roster. So I'm just wondering how all three of them are going to fit in, into into this rotation, unless they just plan on not having Jacobs back next year, which is entirely possible. Um, and,
0: and and not only that, not only that, but Zamir White was taken ahead of Isaiah Spiller, and
1: they're very ben, similar. Zamir White backs. has injury issues that's the reason why you don't want to resign Josh Jacobs but I all right the only pick I really liked in this class was Dylan Parham I think he he's going to be a, a really nice fit on that offensive line um, and, and I think he can you know fight for a starry spot uh, potentially uh, the end of this year or next year so I think that was a really really good pick there but everything else just left me confused I, I just didn't I didn't really get the the two defensive tackle picks in back to back rounds. Uh, Thayer Mumford, I'm I'm just not I really don't like him much as a player. Uh, I think he I think he's okay, you know, he can be serviceable in in uh, small moments, but I, I I didn't like that. And then they took another running back in the seventh uh, round in Brendan Brown from UCLA. So I I didn't really like their draft. I think there were other positions where they could have upgraded or or brought in someone uh, to compete at. Uh, I know they're they're pretty solid at safety since they took two last year uh, in the draft. Um, but but Jonathan Abram, he's who's going to fill his role once he leaves because he they declined his fifth year option as well. They have Merrick and Gillespie. Uh, both of them are more free safeties. So I felt like they could have addressed that uh, for one. And then two, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling this linebacker core. You know, I know they got Jayon Brown, Denzel Perryman, Devon uh, Diablo. But once those guys get hurt, uh, Micah Kaiser, uh, Justin March Lillard. I mean, I, I, I think there were other needs they, they needed to address. And, and I just did not uh, like what they ended up with in the draft.
0: My first draft class that I didn't really like, Devin, I it's not even necessarily a, a case of I don't like the players they drafted. I just don't understand the vision of this draft class. It, it it has to be Chicago. I really don't get what they were doing with this class. And when you look at it, you know. I understand that the Ryan Poles and, and, and Matt Eberfloos, they weren't responsible for the Justin Fields draft pick. But at some point, like, you have to give us something to make us think that you're actually invested in his development. Because this draft class makes me think that they're looking at 2023 already. Like, yeah. this yeah. has me feeling that they might be looking at a quarterback in 2023. That's I like, the Kyler, Go- I like the, the Kyler Gordon pick. Uh, like, I like him as a player, but I don't know. I think you probably could have done something. Give, give him a wide receiver. Give him another target. Give him something that he can work with. And then they went safety, you know, uh, in, with their next pick, nine picks later with Jaquan Brisker. Again, I like Jaquan Brisker. I like him a lot as a player. He was an early second-round pick to me. This is good value. The problem is, is once again, it, it's, it's not doing anything to help out an offense that desperately needed help. And then in the third round, I, I don't like the Velas Jones pick. I don't like it at all. I thought that this was a massive reach. This was a reach of like two, three, maybe even four rounds. This is someone that I thought maybe you could, you could draft if you wanted to in the sixth as a depth guy. But this is a, a team that has no wide receiver help outside of Darnell Mooney. And Vailus Jones is your pick at 71 when you could have just drafted a wide receiver far earlier. Like, wouldn't Sky Moore at 48 have made a lot more sense than Vailas Jones at 71?
1: I mean, hell hell, even Alec Pierce.
0: Even Alec Pierce. Um, you know, at 168, drafting your first offensive tackle was a bad move, especially considering it was Braxton Jones, someone that I really think needs to like. develop develop. actually needs to like develop can't put him right away but he might end up getting like pretty early starting time (laughs) that offensive line is in shambles i like dominique robinson but again it's it's a you know considering you just lost khalil Mack, uh you know with him being the one edge rusher you went like maybe didn't need to double dip in the in the secondary in the second round You know, Zach Thomas, probably not going to play all that much for them. Doug Kramer, Depp, Jatir Carter, Depp, uh, Elijah Hicks. uh, Trust me, I I like the player. I like the player, you know, watching him for years at Cal. But, you know, it's a special teams guy. Sure, it's a seventh round pick, and that's where your team's built. But, like, nothing about about this draft class gets me all that inspired. And I think, honestly, one of their worst picks actually comes in the sixth round. They drafted the bad Baylor running back in Tristan Abner.
1: Yeah, that one Abram didn't make Smith sense
0: was to me. there. A- Abram Smith was there, but you drafted his backup, who was objectively worse. Objectively worse.
1: Yeah, man. It, I don't was, like
0: I, I I don't like the mindset. I don't I don't understand the mindset.
1: Yeah, that one's curious. Um there and there were a couple couple drafts like that, uh, really at the bottom of this draft, or or you know, kind of who I perceive at the bottom. This these next one for me, it was it was hard because I think the Cardinals and 49ers both had curious draft halls. Uh, but I'll talk about the 49ers here because I, I I didn't I didn't see the vision. Um, you know, they they got Drake J- Jackson in the second round. They obviously didn't have a first round. Say they, they traded up for Trey Lance last year. Um, but they, they took Drake Jackson. I think that's a a, a pretty solid pick, you know, like. He was he was getting i don't know why he was getting first round buzz leading up to the final days of the draft but it made no sense but they too made sense so i was like okay that's fine uh but but then you know after that it was just very curious drafting all right they they have one of the most stacked running back rooms in the in the draft class and it took uh period david price who i'm laughing about because you know why i'm laughing but <laughs> Uh, they took him in the third round and it didn't make sense to me because I don't really think he's a scheme fit you know like he was very much a a gap power type back at LSU but you took him in this outside outside zone scheme and it just didn't make sense man then they went back and got Danny Gray and I was like that, that doesn't really fill a need. You know, it, it was just like, I felt like the, the 49ers took a lot of guys, but it just didn't make a lot of sense, right? Spencer Burford, not, not really, he's, he's very much a developmental guy as well. He's, he has some athletic Which, that's tools, where you take developmental
0: guys, but like.
1: But there were other dudes on, you could take Darian Kennard. Or, or somebody else. You could
0: have uh, taken Canard. You could have taken Jamari Salyer. Like, you could have had I guys that play understand. right away.
1: Scheme fit, too, matters. And, and I think Burr is more athletic than those guys. But, but still, I, I, I didn't love it. Samuel Womack from Toledo. I, I was going to ask you. draftable grade on him.
0: I was going to ask if you even knew who he was. No, no.
1: I know he is. He has a lot of pass breakups, uh, a lot of plays on the ball. But I didn't see Tate that was NFL worthy of a <laughs> draft pick. And well, that's just him, my opinion.
0: Yeah, and they took him ahead of guys that like were, are good are decent contributors. It, it um, just didn't make sense to me. Like we could we could go through and uh,
1: look at the rest I, of this draft though. Listen I know it's
0: me. it's bad. It's here's the thing: if you look at everything after Spencer Burford, there's a chance that none of those guys make the roster.
1: Yeah, Khalid Davis is the only one that I like, and that's because me and Nick Price uh, talked about him like early in the season, but. Tariq Castro fields. He's probably going to be a a nickel uh, in this defense, and, and, and probably, you probably know you what?
0: Why did you take him at two twenty one and the Samuel Womack get at one seventy two? I don't know. I, I
1: honestly, I I don't think I think the forty nine ers were maybe one of two teams that had a draftable grade on Womack because I I did not see him <clears throat> in any like anybody's rankings. You know, maybe Brugler had him. I think he had him. Probably later than they would have, you know. I taken, think
0: I think I, I, Womack. I think the guys on the, on the stream looked him up because they wanted to see just how unknown this kid was, and he was like a UDFA, which in it on Brugler's board meant he was sitting in like the six or seven hundreds. Yeah, there, there was
1: just no way, man. But then, then you know, Brock Purdy as as Mister uh, Irrelevant, like dude come on man he's not going to see the field ever do you you see who's on this roster
0: i mean still have jimmy
1: g on the roster nate
0: sutfeld but brock purdy man i I didn't get it and and i'm a firm believer of getting a backup that can play in the same system as your starter and if this team truly believes that trey lynch is the starter which they should because they spent three first round picks on him Brock Purdy is nothing like Trey Lance.
1: Look, man, I, I just thought, you know, they, they, have I, a pretty, they have a pretty solid secondary, so, but I, I just did not understand those picks. So
0: I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the, the Niners weren't going to be a team I talked about because I knew that we were going to go in on them anyways. But let me just get my two cents in. So Drake Jackson never consistently found any form Ooh. of power in his game. He's a pure finesse rusher. And that's an interesting combination when you've played everywhere from 240 to 270. And he never added power at any point. He was 270 and still a finesse rusher with no no functional strength. And then I'm going to be totally honest with you. I didn't think they drafted a real person with Tyrion Davis-Price. I had never heard of him. I had never heard of him. I reached out to Connor Rogers after the draft and he goes, so he's not a scheme fit. But what makes this pick objectively bad is that the whole point of Kyle Shanahan's system is you can throw anyone in that, you know, in that backfield and it'll work, but he's not a scheme fit. Like, we, we saw that, that, that that's not the case because they draft guys that and they fit in guys that work in an outside zone. Like, they drafted Trey Sermon in the third round last year, then didn't use him because Elijah Mitchell, who they got in the seventh, Prove that you can literally find a late round running back that can fit in an outside zone scheme and be fine. He actually was far better than Trey Sermon in that system. So why the hell did you go out and get this? I I didn't even know his name. I didn't even know his name.
1: The third round, just very curious to take a running he, he, back. When he, you doesn't, f- he
0: doesn't, he when- doesn't fit the, the scheme at any point. And like is, this is this is Trey Sermon again, but Sermon was at least a good value. We just didn't fit the system. Now you've got doesn't fit the system and bad value. And then you know at one hundred and five, Danny Gray. I'm genuinely not sure he knows how to catch the football. Yeah,
1: man, I, I, I'm just very, very confused by by their draft because you're trying to build around a young quarterback. You 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 could have added weapons earlier like i understand look the drake jackson pick was fine uh but everything else man i was very very confused on how it, how it's gonna fit in their long-term plans i feel like they just threw Dart, literally dart throws at every single pick and because davis price was wait it was a couple rounds too early danny gray was a couple rounds too early and then everyone else just did not make sense for for the long-term plans
0: Devin, my next one is a case of, I really like the players, but I see absolutely no vision with these picks. Uh, and the reason I'm doing them as the second team, we both are going to go in on the same team for the third one. I can guarantee you that, but I wanted to go with another team that I could, that I could talk about that had a, 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 a bad draft in my opinion, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't, get this draft class. I've seen a lot of people that are like, hey, the Jags are like an A minus B plus team. No, I don't like this. So I understand the mindset of taking Trevon Walker number one. If you develop him, he can be a a massive hit. If he turns, you know, the, the length and the speed and the, you know, the, the, tree trunks for arms that he's got. If he turns any of that into, you know, into production on the field, he's going to be a pro bowl player. Like it's just that simple, but his floor is really rough. And like his floor could be one of those guys. I hate to use an old scouting term, but looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. This is a guy that, that didn't really get off blocks consistently. I was watching a, a, a Vanderbilt offensive tackle. For the 2023 class, because he's now at Alabama. And Travon Walker wasn't beating him on, on, on with consistency. And I didn't even really like that player. He wasn't beating him with consistency. And you drafted him number one overall. I understand the, the idea of if it hits, we're geniuses. If it fails, you're morons. I, I like Devin Lloyd. I don't like trading back into you know into round one for Devin Lloyd especially considering you're going to a 3-4 defense, so he's going to have to play in the middle. And you paid Foya Luicón like $15 million a year to fill that role. Luke Fortner to start round three is objectively a bad pick. I had him in the fifth, and I I liked Luke Fortner. I thought he was a good backup center. You just had Brandon Linder retire. You're going to have to have Luke Fortner as your starting center. He's not ready. This is a guy that just learned how to play center because he was a converted tackle. And so this is a developmental guy that's going to be rushed on the field too early. I like Chad Muma. You and I both like Chad Muma. See my entry earlier about Devin Lloyd. Now you have three guys that play the same position. Also, you were the worst team in the league for the last two years that have won to combine three games in that span. Why are you drafting and loading up on linebackers? uh snoop connor is just an objectively funny pick in the fifth round because jerry and ely was still available and went undrafted somehow but again you pick the backup that's a much worse player uh so what's the idea there also stop drafting running backs you you hit the you hit the lottery in a udfa in james robinson that had 1,000 yards as a rookie. Then you drafted Travis Etienne in the first round. Now you've got this Snoop <laughs> Connor kid who wasn't even a starter at his own team, in his own college team, and you draft him in the fifth. Uh, I'm, I apologize to Gregory Jr., but I have no idea anything about him, or even the school, because I've never heard of Washida Baptist University. He went to the Senior Bowl. Did he?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Could have fooled me. I, I actually think that in terms of value, their best pick was at 222 in Monteric Brown. Because I had, I had a fourth-round grade on him. But, like, I understand the mindset of getting Trayvon Walker, even though I don't like the value of him. I don't think he was anywhere near worthy of the number one pick. But, like, trading back into the first round for a linebacker, for a team with so many needs, like, they didn't draft a single wide receiver to help Trevor Lawrence. They, they didn't draft an offensive tackle. Like Cam Robinson is on the, on the franchise tag for the second straight year now. What are you going to do? Just going to keep franchise tagging him and paying increasingly more money every year to be an average tackle. Juwan Taylor below average tackle Walker little peaked as a 19 year old in college. What is the vision of this draft? I don't understand how people can look at this draft and go, yeah, this is an a draft. Like, yeah, you've got good players at the, at the, at the behest of, you know, at the, the sacrifice of the quarterback you took number one overall last year. Nothing in this draft makes, makes your offense around Trevor Lawrence better. Nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say about a few of these teams were young quarterbacks. I don't think they really... think.
0: <sighs> the thing is, I mentioned the Bears because they, they failed their young quarterback from last year, but that's a different regime. This is the same regime. Yeah, I, I'm.
1: I think I'm a little bit higher on the Jaguars draft than you. I don't are, like this draft
0: at all. I don't know if you could tell that from what I was saying, but I don't like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely like them a little bit more than I do uh, than you do, but but I, I I can fully see that argument because they they've just not turned anything into like their their draft picks. I mean, there there's been a number of classes where they had draft picks that didn't last a couple of years yeah like know, we, so. we
0: talked about houston nailing this draft because they needed just good football players to an extent jacksonville also just needed good football players but the difference is is houston didn't go out and and reset the market on guys like christian kirk by giving them 19 million dollars a year like they, they and and giving foyer Luacon 15 million dollars a year but they they paid him 15 million dollars a year and then they drafted two more linebackers. Yeah. Nothing they've done this entire offseason has made their team better.
1: All right. Now it's time for the main event.
0: All right. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Y'all, y'all going to get ready for some shit because this is, this is both of ours' worst draft.
1: All right. New England Patriots.
0: uh, Okay. You just going to beat me to it. Okay. Cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. New England Patriots. All right. What are you doing? All right. (laughs) Because I look at this class and, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely do not understand it. Okay. <laughs> First of all, you start off with Cole Strange. You know what? This is not even the worst pick on on this.
0: No, that's the best part. It's not even their worst pick. And it that's, might that's, that's, honestly that's been true. their
1: best pick. To be honest, we're being <laughs> honest. Um, like, but no, like
0: we reacted live. Uh, we're just gonna go back and forth. We're, yeah. we're when when you were when you were hosting and I was watching. We all were like, whoa, okay, Cole Strange. That's a, that's a very bizarre pick. Uh, probably would have been available at their first pick tomorrow. Uh, probably wasn't going to make it to the third round. Like, that was the one thing that we were all like, okay, so we all had him in that, you know, 75 to 100 range, but he wasn't going to make it there. We all knew that. But at the same time, This is now a player that is 24 years old. He's been in college for six years. You don't take 6th year guys in round one. You don't take 6th year guys in round one because there's not a lot of upside. And also, this is a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure on a kid from UT Chattanooga to draft him 29th overall and go, guess what? Not only are you the first name everyone's going to associate with this draft class, you got to fill in for Shaq Mason, one of the NFL's best guards.
1: Yeah, it's not ideal. All right. So, so we get that out of the way. You know, I, the pick's not even as bad looking back now because
0: he wasn't what they going did to after, make it to the third, but they could have gotten him at, at 50.
1: I honestly I would have preferred that, whatever they just did. But anyway, they <laughs> took Tyquan Thir- Thornton second round at pick 50. In no world should Tyquan Thornton be going top 50. I'm sorry. I like Taekwad
0: Thornton. He's a speed
1: speed demon. Take the top off the defense. Matt Jones came and threw it that far. Why are we
0: doing this? That's my thing. I'll I'll talk about Taekwad Thornton. I covered him as the Big 12 guy. I liked Taekwad Thornton. I had a late fourth round pick on him. He was my second to last fourth round pick. You not only took him at pick 50, they traded up to get him. Like, no, they, the didn't trade, is, they, the, they didn't trade they didn't trade up if if to get we, S- we,
1: sky Moore. they didn't trade up to get uh who else went after Alec Pierce they didn't trade up to get any of the other receivers that went after him but they tra- trade up to get tyquan sword man
0: i, I oh, mean boy. if you look, if you look at where the wide receivers were drafted he was drafted uh by the way, the, the randomness of Wandale Robinson, John Mechie, and Tyquan Thornton being a stretch of wide receivers.
1: I understand there was going to be a run on receivers, but those three I never would have I thought. mean, I
0: like John Mechie, but the, I mean, Tyquan Thornton was, was picked. Keep in mind, two picks after Tyquan Thornton is George Pickens. The next pick is Alec Pierce. After that, Sky Moore.
1: Could have picked someone else,
0: man. You could have li- picked literally any of those three, and we would have been like, okay, that makes sense. But no, you trade, right. up for, you trade up for a deep threat with a quarterback who can't throw the deep ball whatsoever. And genuinely, I have questions as to whether or not he can catch. And doesn't fit the type of offense you want. Great. You trade it up for a faster Nelson Aguilar.
1: That makes sense. But anyway, third round, Marcus Jones, I think that was a fine pick.
0: I mean, that's your um, slot corner. That's your Duke Dawson slot corner pick.
1: Yeah, so I, I I don't dislike that. Jack Jones early in the fourth. I I can't get on board with that. I, I'm old. sorry. I, I, I like I like Jack Jones, but but he's was a six seven round pick
0: in my he, opinion. Dude, he was old. He had okay film, but he also was like he was 23, and and he had had some he had had some off field. I'm sorry, he did. He was kicked off of USC. He was arrested for breaking into a, I want to say, I I swear to God, I looked it up. It was like, he broke into a PF Chang's at some point. Like, okay. Pierre strong. Great. Stop hoarding running backs. Like, I I don't think he's really a scheme fit either. But also like, why do you need so many running backs? This is the same problem we're having with San Francisco where they're just hoarding running backs. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, who they drafted in the fourth round last year. James White, Pierre Strong, J.J. Taylor, Devine o- Ozigbo. And then they drafted another running back later in Kevin Harris.
1: You take Bailey Zappi in, in the fourth round, which is fine, I guess. but
0: It's a scheme fit, but like, why? No one was going to take know, him man. that high. I, I don't know. Kevin uh... Harris, I didn't like i mean they went with a small school defensive tackle i'm,
1: I'm not I, i'm not i can't speak on that one because I, I don't really know how do we know who that is i think Chase. i think Chase hines. hines was good value in the sixth round but but again they take in guards and centers guard and tackle guard like how many guards do you need you know you know what i'm saying like
0: how many running backs do you need i listed off six running backs on their roster like, to me, if you
1: just look at this draft class from the outside, you would think they just need guards, BBs, <laughs> and running backs. And that's not Literally. the case.
0: They, they they traded Chase Winovich. They don't have edge rushers now.
1: Oh, no. They've been edge. stockpiling edge rushers, too. Because they, uh, they took uh, Ronnie Perkins last year. And um, they took uh, – uh josh uche as well the year before. oh yeah so they're, they... they're
0: transitioning back to a three four <laughs> yeah so but like, so they they stockpile uh edge rushers too but like for god's sakes like drafting two running backs on day three that are like very in... opposite yeah they're they very o- like pierre strong i guess could be like your you're James kind of what
1: they, White, uh, eventually, yeah. uh, you know, replacement, but he's yeah. still. In the and roster. then,
0: and then, drafting Kevin Harris in round six, like you drafted Ramondre Stevenson for that last year. Yeah, Trevor Sikkema said. Tra- Trevor Sikama said this uh, on multiple podcasts this weekend. It's as if the Patriots only had like eighteen players on their draft board, and, and like, listen, I understand that Bill Belichick does not give a crap about consensus boards or anything like that, and. You know, if you if you like a guy at, you know, 29, but like you and everyone else knows uh, uh, not to be mean to Cole Strange, I like Cole Strange, but like if you if you thought that, hey, he's not going to make it to us in round, you know, let's say they didn't think he was going to make it to him at round, you know, at pick 52 where, where they were, right? then you do the responsible thing and you trade back. You collect more assets. Just because you can draft him at 29 doesn't mean that you need to draft him at 29. Like Tyquan Thornton, no one was going to take him in the top 50. I assure you, no one was going to take him in the top 50. So why did you? The, yeah, I do Just don't know. Play, learn how to play the board a little bit. Unless Bill's just gotten to the point where he doesn't care about playing the board, this draft just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Is there anything I know, else man. you want to say before we get on out of here? I hate to end on such a downer, but for God's sake, like this draft was objectively horrible.
1: Yeah, it was, it was bad, but no, I, I, I want to give a shout out to a few other teams that, that didn't make the cut on either list. Uh, we'll do obviously a more in-depth breakdown um, but but looking back, um, I, I thought there was there was a, a few teams that, I thought the Bills had a really good draft. Uh the Giants, outside maybe a few picks, had a really solid draft as well that I liked. Um, as well as uh obviously the Texans. We talked about them a little bit as well. I thought they all had good drafts, and the biggest surprise to me uh of a good draft was the Falcons. I, I didn't expect them to draft. Uh, all too well, but but they they get Drake London and then Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, late or in, on midday three or mid, midday two, excuse me, in round three. I thought that was a good value. And then Detroit Anderson as well. So I, I thought the Falcons had a, a solid draft. A uh, couple more teams that have some questionable drafts. Like I said, the Cardinals, I didn't love what they did. Uh, the commanders a little bit were, were a little, little questioning to me. On some of the, the routes and directions they went, but I, I thought they had an okay but not great draft. And then uh, Tennessee Titans draft was up and down for me. I, I thought they they nailed it through four rounds, but after that, I I I, I didn't really see the value on on their last couple picks. So uh, those are some of the some of the ones I wanted to point out too.
0: Yeah, I mean we're gonna our next two podcasts are gonna be full-on draft grades um, in terms of grading every single team's haul. Uh, hopefully by then we'll have calmed down a little bit over some of the ones we just tore to shreds. Um, but we want to give everyone a chance to hear their team get, get their pick graded. But until then... You can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore Draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at real underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting at uh, on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. And we'll see you guys later this week.